everybody. I'm Jim Ford. I'm Dan Kurtzke. And I'm Chad Bokelman. There you are. <laughs> <laughs> Eventually. And this is the Lantern Cast. Episode 151. Oh, yes. This is where we try and Wait, catch up. Was there up a delay a... or something? <laughs> yeah, it's like you just kind of, like, wandered off for ten seconds. <laughs> well, there's a huge delay then, because I'm talking right now. Okay. <laughs> we'll make it work. <laughs> we'll make it work. Oh, good. So, anyway, initially, we were going to take this episode to <laughs> to catch all the way up and do... 13, 14, and 15 of all four books, but then we realized we don't hate ourselves or you. So we're uh, we're taking a look at just Green Lantern and Red Lantern issues 13 through 15, and uh, we'll get to, to New Guardians and Green Lantern Corps next episode. Which... And, and by next episode, we mean never. Now... I have not actually read those issues yet or flipped through them, so I'm <laughs> you're you're not installing me with a lot of hope there. <laughs> I've I've read through I think of uh, maybe like forty percent. Yeah, all I know is there's apparently some Kyle thing that pissed off a bunch of people. I don't know what it is or what it has to do with. Oh, but Dan. I'm I'm very eager to see what it is. <laughs> Dan, Dan, Dan. It's not it's not some Kyle thing. It's numerous Kyle things. Oh good. Well they'll have company. So you'll you'll have that to look forward to. Yes. Anyway, let's let's talk about comics for the first time since October. Alright? <laughs> Jim, and, and tonight we're gonna we're kinda kinda forego the issue by issue thing and kinda talk about these in a group just to like just so that we're not here for six and a half hours. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so Jim, why don't you start off? Start us off. Take us through Green Lantern thirteen, fourteen, and fifteen. Okay. Um, this is uh, coming right off of the Green Lantern Zero issue that introduced the, the character Baz. Uh, and now, if if any of our listeners are keeping score, I was not that fond of the character from issue Zero. <clears throat> so uh, here we go, transitioning into number thirteen. Um, Baz, he has a Green Lantern ring now, and he's trying to figure out what what it is, what to do with it, what's going on. He gets the message from Hal and Sinestro kind of merged, and he has no idea what that means, so he just completely disregards the whole thing. Um, and then just kind of wanders off to go find his sister. Meanwhile, the agents that had been questioning him are, like, trying to, you know, hunt him down, and... The, the one the one guy, Agent Fed, kind of thinks that he might not be lying. Um, I guess since he didn't crack under his his questioning, you know, and I guess everybody else cracks or whatever, he figures that there might be a shred of truth in there. So they're tracking him down. He goes to meet his sister to basically explain to her that, you know, he, he was set up, that it, it's not what it looks like. Uh, you got to help me. I need to find out who had the van, who, you know, who stole the van first and loaded it up with weapons so that we can, you know, expose the real killer because we, you know, I don't want him out there, you know, to be able to try and kill somebody else. Um, so basically, you know, they, they take this issue to, you know, show that he's, he's thinking of 
basically other innocents that might get killed from the real criminal, not really worrying about the fact that he might get caught or anything like that, or clearing his own name. You know, he more so wants to just save other people. So that's kind of cool. Then we close off the issue with, uh, well, first a couple of truckers get turned into the Third Army, Um, just kind of some throwaway panels. And then uh, Baz is up on the roof of a building that he told uh, his sister to, to meet him at. And the next thing you know, he's flying off the building and crashing into a car uh, because Superman just crashed into him. The Justice League is now here. That's 13. Now, shooting over to number 14, uh, you have... Well, you have a scene with the the Guardians just kind of like catching everybody up to speed. You know, our army is shooting across the universe... Uh, we need a little more energy, so we're going to suck it out of, you know, the first lantern. Um, you know, he's, he's telling them that they're they're crazy. But they're like, no, we're going to save the universe this way. And uh, then we go back to Baz. He really does not want to go up against the Justice League. <laughs> Though he makes the joke that maybe he could <laughs> take Batman. Um, so they're like, okay, well... You know, you seem you seem like you're on the up and up, but if we're going to get to the bottom of this, we're going to need you to disarm. And just as Batman goes to take the ring off, some kind of like auto protect trigger from Sinestro pops out and just kind of like you know takes all the rest of the league by surprise for a second. Now all of a sudden, Baz is like worried. He's like, "Wait a second, I didn't mean to do that." And then he's like, "You know, I got to get out of here." He creates a like a car construct. He was a like an automotive engineer. Uh, I th- yeah, he, I think that's the factory he worked in. Yeah. Uh, he does lots. He uh, he got into trouble with street racing, so he he's definitely a car guy. Right. So that's kind of cool. Um, so he's got he's got a pretty you know slick vehicle, and Flash is Flash is keeping up with him. But you know he's he's got the really nice handling, <laughs> which is pretty funny. And uh, he actually shows some some ingenuity to lose the Justice League by creating a massive diversion. He creates, like, a ton of cars all at once so that they can't track, you know, the one that he's in. He gets away. Apparently he can't fly yet, though. He he hasn't realized that part. Um, Then as we get closer to the end of the issue, his sister was able to... um, find out who owned the vehicle, the, the van that he had stolen, to see if maybe he can get some clues as to ho- who stole it before Baz stole it, um, to try and clear his name. Uh, and, by the way, the sister also kind of lost her job uh, because she was associated with Baz. So, uh, kind of sucks for her. Her family is definitely, you know, they're suffering because of what he had done. Uh, then we, uh, close out, I guess more Third Army is absorbing more people, and then, oh yeah, the, you know, the cool part of this issue is, uh, where, well, not really the cool part, but a cool part of this issue, is we go back to that, uh, that shadow, shadow zone thing, where the first lantern had been kept, and, uh, the lan- the, the, the good 
What, what are those? Uh, Malthusians, shall we well, call them? Leprechauns. Okay, so Malthusians it is. Oh. <laughs> the good Malthusians who were who were protecting the White Lantern, they realize that they have to, you know, go and, you know, basically save the universe. And uh, they're wondering if Regal is alive. And just as they're wondering, the Black Hand reaches down and uh, basically brings him back to life as uh, one of his Black Lantern zombie type things, which I think like everybody saw coming. <laughs> you leave Black Hand alone in a chamber of shadows and, uh, you know, with somebody that's dead and he's going to bring him back. Well, the real question, I mean, the last time we saw Black Hand left alone with a dead body, he made out with it. So let's not take anything off the table here. <laughs> I like to think that's happening between the panels. So, uh, yeah, so it basically just confirms that they're trapped in this <laughs> this uh, shadow chamber. And uh, then we close with Hal and Sinestro in uh, some sort of black and white dead-like zone. Um, yeah, I'll just call it the dead zone because that's basically what they say next up in the dead zone. And uh, there's somebody waiting for them. Um, Sinestro has crimes that he has to pay for. And he's all cloaked in tatters and stuff like that. And we're left to wonder who that is. And then in issue 15... Let's see. In issue 15, we uh, start out where uh, one of the Green Lanterns in a sector... You know, fairly close to Earth, 2820. He's he basically got a distress call that, uh, you know, the Third Army is approaching his, his home planet. And I guess word is spreading quickly amongst the Green Lantern Corps that this is happening. So he's headed back to try and save his home planet. It's way too late as, like, a cloud of these Third Army, you know, aliens are now attacking this one lone Green Lantern, so... He'll be fine. (laughs) Yeah, he's dead. He's got this. Story over. (laughs) So then, we go to Baz, who is now at the address of the guy that owned the van, and, uh, you know, he basically wants to question him and and find out if he knows anything, if he remembers anything from when his his van was, was stolen. Uh, you know, because he believes that it's his fault that the police are not out looking for the, you know, the actual bad guy here, because he stole the car, you know, and somebody had already loaded explosives into it. Well, this guy's acting really cagey, and uh, yeah, it turns out he's actually the guy that loaded the thing up with weapons. Um, we don't know exactly why just yet. Um, oh, and by the way, those agents that were tracking Baz. They're still tracking Baz. And the one that thinks that he might still be good pretty much knows where to find him. <laughs> so, meanwhile, cut to Baz, who, by the way, charged down his uh, his power ring to go and talk to this guy. And as he's talking to the guy, asking about questions, he realizes that this guy has, like, basically plans and stuff, you know, all over his table. And he's like, wait a second, you know, <laughs> so hold on now. Wait a second. Is it is it you? And uh Yeah, so apparently this 
this guy was going to plant his van underneath a railroad track and blow up just as the train was passing by. Um, and so now that Baz stole the thing, he's going to kill Baz and be an American hero. But I mean, I don't understand why he was going to blow up the railroad in the first place. But regardless, um, he goes to shoot Baz and the energy, you know, the, his, his suit kind of powers up, protects him from the bullet. And uh, just as he's about to go and, you know, attack the guy, the ring runs out of power, of course. Um, for the course for a Green Lantern story. So now the other guy's got a gun and, you know, he's shooting at Baz and uh, Baz is uh, SOL. He has no power. Uh, we click over to the dead zone where apparently this cloaked, tattered, you know, person is, he explains that they're in the dead zone and, uh, he's, he was an enemy of Sinestro's, but a friend to Hal Jordan. Um, we're still not sure who he is. Uh, but, uh, yeah, then all of a sudden, just as this actual bad guy that owned the van is about to kill Baz. Agent Fed pops up and uh, with a gun and is like, yeah, I think I'll take him now. And um, before anything else could really happen, the Third Army pops in and <laughs> converts the guy into a Third Army member. <laughs> it's like bizarre. Um, yeah, so Fed and Baz go to the basement and lock himself in there. They see all the explosives and stuff, uh, you know, really some great evidence to clear Baz's name. Um, but Faz, Faz, (laughs) Fed rigs up the explosives to, uh, basically blow up a bunch of the third army guys as they get away. And as they get away, the explosion is just about to do some serious damage to them, but they're saved by a Green Lantern aura and it's, the squirrel Green Lantern. Apparently, uh, there are Green Lanterns out there that realize that the Guardians have gone mad. And, uh, you know, then we, we cut back to the, the Guardians for a second, and, you know, they basically said, you know, we're, we're basically having victory. The, the army is growing across the universe, but our power is getting weaker as, you know, it's spread thinner. So they're just sucking more energy off of the, you know, this first lantern. And uh, he, he says to them, I will have my time soon, Guardians, and you will regret these transgressions. Volthoom, the first lantern, will have his revenge as a crack spreads across his prison. So how much of... Uh... How much of a role do you think the animated series played in Badge being the one who shows up? Hmm. I think it it probably has more to do with the fact that Johns has a sense of humor. Yeah, I mean, there was that awesome part in the that one episode where he just where Bidge just kicks the crap out of Hal out of nowhere. Yeah, and they're and, you know, they're I don't remember what the, like the time i don't know like how close together these were because i'm reading them like so much later but i've i don't know i i like to think i don't know i'm just rambling i guess 
<laughs> and um, for 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 all of our listeners who are wondering, should we tell them who who Volthoom is? Of course, we're supposed to be. Sure. Like the the name has only shown up in Green Lantern lore once before, and as far as I've been able to tell, maybe you guys came up with something else. As far as I've been able to tell, Volthoom is the name of the monk who gave Power Ring his Power Ring and Battery. Yes. Yep. And and Power Ring, if you're not aware, is the Green Lantern from Earth 3, which is the member of the Crime Syndicate. Yeah. So there's not a whole lot known about the guy, mm-hmm. but apparently Volthoom is the one who gave Power Ring his powers. Yeah. I think he's actually the one, like at least in the original story, he was like... He was the guy who was responsible for the entire crime syndicate's superpowers or something. Like I that like that panel, like that last word balloon was like a legitimate like what the fuck kind of moment. Where I'm like, wait, isn't he a what's isn't that that wizard from Earth Two or something? What the hell? And like, <laughs> yeah. I I like that. I liked I like that he just threw it in there too. Or like it, I didn't see it coming at all. Well, the question is. Do you think it's the same guy? I think it's gonna be a uh, typical Johnsism, where he's gonna like take this old character and kind of fiddle with them to kind of make him something bigger and better, kind of thing. But what I'm saying is, do you think that this character, who has been in this, uh, basically, uh, he's been in a prison for millennia? Do you think it's the same character that gave the ring to Power Ring on Earth 3? Do I think he's the same character? I don't know, but I think he's from an alt I think it points to him being from an alternate dimension or alternate universe. I th- I think that part of his history at least will stay. Whether or not, you know, Power Ring <laughs> and the Crime Syndicate would have, would exist in this new 52 uh, whatever, but I, I doubt, but I think I think the first lantern comes from an alternate universe or dimension. Or hell, this—I mean, yeah—New Fifty Two might be the key to it because they could very well. Because I don't think we've seen a crime syndicate yet in the New Fifty Two, so they could very well like have their origin happen after he eventually busts out of this. You know. That's true. Um. I mean, the thing that I was thinking about was, like, with with the multiverse, well, I think with the multiverse now, there's only one set of Guardians, correct? That is yet to be established for the new 52. Yeah, well, maybe. For, for, the, the, for the old 52, the old 52 universes that were left after Infinite Crisis. <laughs> Actually, I think even before, with the, the main crisis, there was only the one Guardians of the universe. Yeah. Um, throughout the, the entire multiverse. Yeah. Um, which would make it seem that, okay, well, if this guy... I don't know, I mean, I'm kind of assuming that he's a Guardian. Or, yeah. or like, a, an Owen. Who just, like, you know, they, they he experimented and or they experimented on him or something like that. Or, you know, he... He was the first, you know, the the White Lantern first, or something like that, um, and it basically drove him insane, or something to those effects. Then, if there's only one of them across the multiverse, then 
maybe he went and, you know, basically scattered some, you know, or did some experiments across the cosmos before being locked up or something like that. Which you call it? Because he says, well, in uh, number 14, they say how um, you only value souls so that you may torture them. You are an emotional sadist and a reality-bending monster. Um, and he says, and I find it amusing to discover what little monsters you have become over these last millennia. When I escape, you'll be the first ones I have fun with. Now, it really sounds like he would be the kind of person who would create a ring to give to power ring, you know, in an Earth 3 type setting because he'd like to see what happens. Yeah. You know, like uh, somebody who's like a, you know, emotional sadist. And a reality-bending monster. A reality-bending monster sounds like the kind of person who could jump between universes. Yeah. Yeah, probably. So. Well, listen. We focus on this, the last panel of issue three here for like ten minutes. I was really pleased with these three issues overall. I think it's like, it's, it's like a different book entirely from issue zero is... Like I, I had fun reading Green Lantern for the for the first time for three consecutive issues for the first time and I don't even know how long and like, and it hit me like this is this is Jeff Johns, kind of like he's he's not really trying to do a bigger cosmic story and I understand like a lot of that scope is being left to the other books. But, like, for right now, we're just, we're kind of following around Simon Baz, like, along his character arc as he's trying to, like, learn the ropes and figure out his life with, like, the larger plot kind of looming in the background that doesn't even feel like a larger plot. It feels like kind of like a horror movie before the first kill. And, I don't know, it's it's smaller, it's character-centric, it's grounded, and it's it's a lot more fun than this book has been for a little while, at least in my opinion. Yeah, well, I think you hit the nail on the head when you said character-centric. That's mm-hmm. something that, like, I think, well, with with Hal Jordan and Sinestro, you know, buddy cop thing, we got we got some of it with that. Their character interactions were probably the best thing about the book for the per- first, I would say, 12 issues or so. Um... Yes. Yeah, like that that was like the sole, you know, entertaining aspect of it. And also the time that he spent with Carol because it's that's the character stuff. That's the stuff that we have been wanting to see for so long. And now developing this new character, they, you know, he's basically forced to do it. But he's good at it. He's good at giving us this character interaction. Oh yeah, I mean, part of me dreads the focus having the shift back to Hal. And, like, I, yeah, yeah, I love seeing the Hal Sinestro stuff, but I'm really enjoying just seeing Simon just do his thing and follow him. Like, I just want to keep this. I, w- I would like to keep the story at this point for a few more months. <laughs> it won't, but I'd like it to. Yeah, but, I mean, the, the, the thing is, if they bring back Hal and tell these kind of stories, then... I think we'd enjoy it just as much. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, I mean, look, you and I are both, like, 90s Kyle Rayner fans. And Chad, too. I, I, I don't, how, Chad, have you read all of Kyle's stuff? I don't even remember. No, I don't have it all yet, but I've, of what I have, I've, uh, I've read what I have, basically. 
Yeah, I mean, we're all we're all fans of that era kind of thing. And like, in the back of my head, like reading Simon over these three issues kind of reminded me of reading those Kyle issues because he's. I mean, yeah, they have like the the political slant on it. That's thank God less prevalent in these issues than it was in Zero, but. This is kind of like your every man gets a ring and doesn't know why the hell he got it kind of story, which is what Kyle's life was about for a long time. So it's I wouldn't say like he's like like the new Kyle Rayner or anything like that. But it's if you liked Kyle in the early days, like I could see you having an affinity for this chunk of Simon Baz's story. Yeah. um, You know, I, I, I said I think I said this on the forums. I don't know if you said it on the cat on you know, the podcast before, but like reading issues thirteen and fourteen, and you know also number fifteen now, <laughs> it makes me like Simon Baz. I like the character now, and you know it's like okay, well now, and I, I fully expected him to do it to give us the justification on why he should be a Green Lantern. I, I mean, I knew it was coming. It's just that. I, I, you know, I stick to my guns that issue zero was like a horrendously bad way to start out the character. Oh, God, yeah. It, it just, it, it starts him out on, on the wrong foot, and and I feel like the only reason they did that was so that the government could, like, basically, you know, have a hand on him for the Justice League America comic that's going to be coming out. Yeah. So, you know, it's just like, you know... It's it's basically forced. Then you know the the whole concept is forced. It didn't have to happen, and it's a horrible way to start out a Green Lantern. Now I like him. Oh yeah. Oh, but and I, 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 I think it's I don't think it's fair to the character that has such great potential to start him out like that. Yeah. Yeah. And notice that all the evidence that could clear him conveniently got blown up. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No. If they. Like, I went on record to say, like, I wasn't on the episode, but I wrote in, and I, I flat out said, like, after reading number zero, I don't care about reading what happens next, which is apparent, because I didn't read these three issues until yesterday. <laughs> but, like, if they had taken, like, even, he- if they had taken even a chunk of the character stuff or the interaction with his family that was in even just issue 13 and put it in issue zero, I would have felt, I might have felt differently about this character back then, but like it, it, uh, I just, I hope issue zero doesn't hurt them too much in the long run. Because it's one of those where like, all right, I'll try the first one and it sucks. So probably not going to come back for the second one, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But, um, on a happier note, what do you guys think about his interactions with the justice league? (laughs) My my one of my favorite parts of uh, I think it was fourteen was that look on his face when he's looking up at Superman. Yes. And, it's, and it's just dot dot dot. Like, uh, <laughs> it's so wide eyed, it's amazing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Although I didn't really like the look that Superman gave like Wonder Woman. You know, like, yeah, that's right. I'm Superman. <laughs> Although, asshole. Oh, Oh God! Although that moment of he's, he's like, you really don't expect me to fight you guys, right? You're the Justice League. That was cool. I've been a superhero for like four minutes. Come on. <laughs> you know something interesting that happened right after, right after that fact. 
Did you notice how he creates constructs, kind of like John Stewart? Yeah, he builds them kind of from the inside out. Yeah, you notice that car starts off as engines and axles and everything, and then the very next panel, it's a full car. And I love how Flash was the one to react to it, because like, uh, I think it was in around Infinite Crisis, there was a, a a Flash issue where Wally West was kind of talking about John Stewart. He was talking about just that and how he's like, how like most people don't even notice that that's how John builds his construct, but because. While he can see at super speed, he sees them being built and impresses them every time. So, like, I kind of like that. I think Jeff Johns wrote that issue, so I like to think that's a little nod to that. That is cool. I really liked how, like, the... Like, in this whole, like, this conversation between the team and, and Simon, like, you could tell neither side really wanted to get into a fight, but they were both, like, really cautious at the same time. Like, like it felt like at any moment somebody could throw a punch and it was like it was like oh god is it gonna happen is it gonna happen is it gonna happen because like they, in their in the back of their heads they're like all right this guy is a suspected terrorist but the ring went to him but we don't know what happened to hal jordan but and uh it, it was a it was a really well done tense kind of kind of scene did you guys notice that uh part about Kyle getting his ring two years ago. Did we know that before? Oh, yeah. I don't know if we knew. Oh, yeah, that's another thing. I like I like that uh, that whole page where it's, we get to see, like, the government and what they know about the Green Lantern Corps and how, like, they trust John because he, he was a soldier. He was, like, one of theirs. And how they don't actually know who Kyle is yet. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think Hal's just really sucky at keeping a secret identity? Because they know his name and where he works. No, I'd, I'd like to think it's because of his... It, it, has he, does he have a history with the uh, Air Force now? Oh, yeah. This new continuity? Yeah, I think... Well... I don't know, but I honestly forgot that existed before the reboot. <laughs> That would make perfect sense, though, because there was, like, a general or something that knew who he was. Well, the fact that he was on the Justice League, they probably know who all, every member of the Justice League is. You think, I mean, do you think they know Clark Kent is Superman kind of thing, or? I mean, I really, I wouldn't doubt it. I don't think the, I don't think the government in DC knows who Batman is. They, mm, well... I mean, hey, listen, quit. if you're the government... <clears throat> I am the government. I am the man here, okay? If you're the government, I Keeping think... Keeping you down. Batman would probably be a lot easier to figure out than Superman. Yeah, but at the same time, they can't figure out Kyle Rayner. Yeah, but I mean, according to, according to this, like, he's... Well, first off, he's a nobody. He's like, he's an artist... So he's not, he hasn't been in any of the enlisted services. He's only had his ring for two years. He's been off-world for a great majority of that time. So, I mean, <laughs> they ha they haven't had a lot of options. Now, Batman's been working, you know, for five years or longer in the shadows. Now, you know, they know that, you know, to have all of his, you know, his vehicles and stuff like that, he's got to have lots of money. 
So if they don't know that it's Bruce Wayne, they've got it narrowed down to a few people. Eh, whatever. Can I just say? With any, if, of anything, they, you know, if they don't know who Superman's secret identity is, then it's the old thing that nobody would, you know, suppose that Superman would take a, a secret identity. Yeah, which I think they're playing up kind of in Justice League right now. But, um, can I just say, I don't know what it is with Jeff Johns and mysterious cloaked figures in black. I think he needs to work something out. <laughs> like, do you, do either of you guys have any ideas of who that could be? Default is Avin, but he says, I'm your enemy, Sinestro, and your friend, Hal. Yeah. So I don't know if it's if it's Avin. Hmm. I guess it still could be, considering if you try and figure out what Sinestro or what uh, Sinestro and Avin's relationship was like in this new universe. Yeah, it was a hundred percent amicable even up till the end. But I don't know. And there's still, I guess, there's still room for them to slide more stuff in before Avinser's death. So yeah. <clears throat> And here's a question I just thought of. We all want the Guardians gone, like, for good, as yeah. far as storytelling goes. But with these Guardians in this trapped in this little box, do you think the Guardians we have now will get wiped away and the potential exists for them, the <laughs> ones in that box, to replace them? So that they're always Guardians? Yes. I don't... You know, well, I think that, well, obviously, <laughs> the potential does exist. Yeah. But, like, the question is, are they going to be, like, guardians, or are they just going to, you know, kind of be, like, doing their own things and exploring the universe and, you know, looking at what makes life, life, and being there for the core if they need, you know, if, you know need help, but I think they're going to leave the core to be more autonomous on, it own, on its own. I think these guys are going to want to try and help fix what they perceive that the psycho ones broke. So I can see them, at least some of them, stepping in to help to kind of be the new guardians. <laughs> new guardians. <laughs> and <laughs> um, maybe if you'll like go off and just like see the world kind of thing. But like, I, I don't know. I can, I see some of them hanging out in a classic guardian role, but doing it differently which i mean i don't i mean look the guardians we have now are douchebags but i don't want to lose the guardians you know like i love that concept i love the concept of like the all-powerful universal elders that are kind of guiding things here and there yeah but by the same token it would be kind of cool to see an entire green lantern corps running without the guardians oh yeah that would be great and so. like you could you could still have like have these new guardians. Oh god, I keep calling them new guardians. That was a terrible name for that book. Have these new guardians be there, but like they do it they do things so much differently that the core still has to kind of figure out how to run itself a little or what I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. As long as these jerks get unseated, it'll all be great. They're gonna build. They're gonna build giant pillar pillars like in the Green Lantern movie, and they're gonna sit on that. They better. There better be toilets in those. Uh, oh, there are. <laughs> uh, art, art wise, this was solid. Doug Monkey and 
I I think my favorite thing was how he drew those third army guys, especially when one of their victims is in mid transformation. That looks creepy as hell. Mm-mm. My favorite thing is the is when his uh, constructs freak out, both when the message of the combined message of Hal and Sinestro plays, and then the, the one when Sinestro comes out of the Justice League and says, "Get away from my ring." Yeah. Oh God. Yeah, that just, was a great flash page. Just the way those constructs look, you could. It's it's really cool looking. Yeah, and who who is the colorist on this? Because they deserve. While you look it up, um, what about what the message that Hal and Sinestro left? Now that we finally get to see it in issue thirteen, it just says, "Don't go to Oa; they'll destroy you." You know the other humans or anything. But Sinestro says, "Arkillo still works for me," and then Hal says, "Carol Ferris in Coast City." Yeah, I like how that message said. I mean, the messages were bi- were pretty basic, but they did set up some interactions that could be good fuel for stories, like him going to Arkillo for help as an agent of Sinestro, and then Arkillo hating Sinestro. So that, I mean, it's a good excuse to get Baz to interact with the larger universe and still have to fight a giant scary monster. Mm. And and to get him like to meet Carol and kind of integrate more into the Lantern family. Uh, really quick, the colorists on this are Alex Sinclair and Tony Avenia, and that two-page shot of the construct exploding at the league. You know, don't touch my ring. Like, like the lighting, like. Just, just like even just looking at the left page, just at Baz and like the way the energy is like lit on and around him, it's it's fantastic. Does anybody like the fact that there is a federal agent named Fed? No. Okay, good. <laughs> it's the same. It's the same type of context as there being one named Rick Flag. <laughs> uh. Um. Yeah. No. The other. The only other thing that I'll say is that like. I'm enjoying the Baz stuff, and I like the stuff with the first Lantern. You know, and obviously Hal, Hal and Sinestro in the afterlife. Um, I'm still bored to tears by the whole Third Army, you know, monster things. Yeah, me too. No I, interest in that. I was until I read this, because I like I was expecting them to go the route of, like, treating it like this big cosmic thing. And maybe maybe I'll agree with you guys wholeheartedly when I read the other books, but like this is like I I keep calling it a horror movie because like that's what it feels like. It feels like like it feels like, you know, you know, Jason picking off people in the woods and I mean our Jason obviously. <laughs> um you know, it's it's done it's done creepily, really moody and it's it doesn't feel like it's anything bigger than the scope of Simon's story. You know, yeah. I think as soon as this opens up, I'm going to start, uh, opens up to be like a larger thing. I'm going to start to like it less, but right now I'm enjoying it. You know what it feels like? It feels like, um, Walking Dead. When, uh, you get your character beats, you're focused on the characters, but every now and then the camera will pan away to zombies getting closer or they hear a sound and they're on their way towards the prison or whatever you want to say. Or toward the farm, and every now and then the camera will cut and go, oh shit, they're getting closer. Yeah, so that's, a, that's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah. 
Awesome. So I have all three of these as buys. And I eagerly look forward to the next one. Yeah, I agree uh, with that. I, I give it a low buy, maybe even a high borrow. Just because it lost a lot of ground with me, they're going to have to do a lot to earn me back. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Yeah, now out of all of the out of all of the books for these three months, I, I would say Green Lantern gets the highest buy from me. Hmm. God, I can't wait to read those other two series. <laughs> <laughs> you enjoy that. I, I, I will. Mm. Alright, so Red Lanterns? Yes. Alright. Red Lanterns 13, 14, and 15. Alright. So Red Lanterns 13. We open up on some random planet where, you know, you got... It's it's your typical kind of Red Lantern, you know, first half of the series Red Lantern story where there's some bad shit happening on some alien world and Atrocitus just kind of looks up and he's like, and then flies over to to check it out and deal out vengeance. (laughs) And so that happens. (laughs) And... Just as he's eviscerating everybody in sight who, like, this this victimized girl is saying, you know, and and that guy, he he killed my sister, and that guy, he was mean to me, and that guy, he cut me in the lunch line, and he took the last chocolate milk. The Third Army shows up. <laughs> and it, it, the, the way it's drawn, it looks like this Third Army member literally just jumped out from behind a door yelling surprise. <laughs> um... Atrocitus, and I wish to say the Red Lanterns on on tap here are Atrocitus, Bleeze, Rancor, forget his real name, it's like Jeff or something, uh, and this new red shirt named uh, Scorch. Yeah, Scorch McAcid Face. But no, they, they, they take the time, I think twice, in this issue to tell us, Scorch, She's so epic. Oh my god, her all she has to do is like point at you and you dissolve. She even even I'm I'm staying away from her. She's so powerful. So of course, she's the first person that the third army dudes kill off because that's how you reinforce how powerful the bad guy is. Um So Atrocitus he he picks up a dead body and hits the third army with it as hard as possible. <laughs> Which, I don't know why that's your first move, but whatever. Uh, then he tries to sh- to spit fire breath at them. Doesn't work either. And, you know, the the four Red Lanterns here, the three remaining Red Lanterns, actually, because Scorch gets killed and assimilated, uh, they're, they're kind of struggling to hold their ground. <laughs> um, as the fight goes on, and, you know, we're in issue 14 now, it's actually kind of cool to see Atrocitus is, you know, he's fighting, he's shouting commands to his his two remaining teammates or whatever. And he's he's basically watching and learning because he's he sees like, okay, you know, they they they're trying to tear off our arms, our ring arms. They're trying to separate us from our rings. And because that's what they did before they could take Scorch and they keep pulling on our on like uh, Rancor's right arm to try and get him away from his ring. And he's like, okay, their eyes look like they're vulnerable. So like he basically like like figures out how to kill the third army just by like paying attention and observing, which was nice. Uh, 
Apparently, though, they are still pathetically weak because Scorch's ring goes to fly away to find a new bearer and then just sort of sputters out and falls and I think it disappears forever I, I wasn't sure what happened there but um so all these guys are are dead they're down Atrocitus, Bleeze, and Rancor are still alive and they take the remains of one of the third army members back to Yasmal where Atrocitus puts it in the blood ocean and tries to divine like I alright <laughs> what he does is because you think okay he's gonna he, he he uses this blood ocean it's like a scrying pool right so he'll put it in he'll divine a prophecy thing to tell him what's what about this this creature well he puts the thing into the blood and then like a computer monitor pops up that shows him pictures of like blood and entrails i guess and he puts his fist into the screen He's like, huh, yeah, this wants to destroy me. But it <laughs> And then he, then he puts a rock in there. He's like, no, it doesn't want to destroy the rock. Huh. <laughs> and then he's like, hey, there's some blue stuff in there. Which I don't know what he's talking about because everything's red. And he's like, wait, blue stuff? Blue like the Guardians. They, <laughs> mu they must be <laughs> behind this. Which, you know, he's right. So, so I guess give him credit, but he see, he seems to be right for no apparent reason. Meanwhile, like, for some reason, there's just some rat just chilling out on Yasmal that gets attacked by the bones of a Third Army member, and that somehow turns into a gigantic spider monster. Uh, Atrocitus isn't worried at all, even though something smaller and weaker than this killed one of his red lanterns and almost slaughtered all of them uh he <laughs> he uses because the thing's still standing in the blood ocean so he uses his blood magic to destroy it while rancor keeps the thing trapped behind a diamond prison i guess <laughs> they can make those <laughs> um uh so atras is, is like all right this shit's serious we need to get our act together here. They, all right, you, what the hell is that thing? They ratchet, you big brain thing. You're you're the only one I trust. He, he flat out says in front of the group of them, I only trust that guy. So his job is to like guard this, their red central power battery and, you know, just make sure nothing happens to it until it gets like back to a, good amount of power because they're still really weak um rancor you go back to earth you can make constructs and you're the only one of us that can do that even though i can do that but i forgot we're gonna need you but you have got to get over your crap man go back to earth and kill the guy who pissed you off to begin with that's your rite of passage Go you and then come back when you're done and ready to like mess some mess some bad guys up. Take Blaze with you for some reason, and then he sends the other guys out to. He basically gives them a shopping list of blood, and like like you like Scalox has to get blood, but only from like like sinners and and people that play bridge and 
and Zillia Zox has to get blood only from like murderers and people who, who like oh, it, it makes no sense at all. What whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and then Dexstar, Rage Kitty, our our poor poor Rage Kitty, who I guess can talk like a person now. <laughs> <laughs> he just starts having conversations with people, and like <laughs> he's like, oh you're. <laughs> He just walks off, and I like to think in a British accent. It says, "Oh, you're you're going back to Earth. I remember Earth. Earth's where I got punched in the face because I'm a cat. I'm gonna get revenge on Midnighter." Ah, uh, good old gold Stormwatch. <coughs> so, please, <laughs> please, and Rancor are flying back to Earth, and Rage Kitty's just like following them, yelling, "Revenge! Revenge!" <laughs> I oh god. <laughs> uh, so the two of them show up, and we get this cool scene where Rancor sees the town he grew up in from the sky, and he can't believe how he even calls it. He calls it pathetically small, and you know we get some nice little interplay between him and Blaze about you know homes where the heart is, and our hearts don't work anymore. And it, it, it's a whole, it's all these overtones of like the universe is so big that this place won't ever be the same for you anymore. Um. Oh, and now Atrocitus, while this is going on, he realized, you know what? They can't kill rocks. These third army things, they don't. Their their guts don't try to murder rocks. So we need an army that are rocks. So he basically he's he's like I'm gonna go and get a synthetic army to fight these things because though like they won't they won't care about synthetic soldiers. So where what does he think to to use? Where does he go? It's like I I think I'll go get the exact creatures that destroyed my entire world. So he goes back to does he go back to yeah he goes back to riot. Where he immediately starts having, like, war flashbacks to his world getting massacred. But that turns out to be... Oh, God, I don't even understand this. It turns out to be real, but then it turns out to be a dream. (laughs) (laughs) This is like... Alright, so he's... At first, he and I, too, honestly, thought he was just having really vivid war, like, flashbacks. Like, trauma-induced dreams but it wasn't really there's like some sort of lizard thing wearing pants that was underneath the surface and it was like making him it was like it was oh god i don't even know but like he kills the thing and the visions go away but then he uses his blood to summon like a billion manhunters that look like skeletons for some reason i don't i don't understand it but i like it and he says, like, halfway through this issue, issue 15, by the way, that, you know, when he and the Inversions were going around messing things up, he defeated this squad of Manhunters, but instead of, instead of destroying them, he stashed them away just in case he ever needs a Manhunter army for some reason. <laughs> and, Fair you know, yeah, 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 there you go. So what's the first thing he does when he finally gathers this army together? He begins ripping the shit out of them. He tears their heads off of, like, three of them. And he's like, huh. 
I sh- I shouldn't do I shouldn't do this. I need these guys. Then he does like he <laughs> in a nice return to form. We get a Shakespeare moment where he's holding the severed skull of a manhunter and just talking to it. <laughs> but then he's like, you know what? I'm going to. What what does he even do? He decides he's going to use his ring, its power to like, to like, influence their programming or whatever. He's using his power to infect them and bend them to his will, basically. But his battery's weak. So he stabs himself in the neck, and that makes him super powerful. So now he has these these robots under his sway. Um, <clears throat> cut back to Earth, and instead of <laughs> instead of um, Rancor going to kill the guy that killed his grandfather, he decides to to head home and check on his brother, who I don't even like this. <sighs> Apparently, since since uh, what what was his name before he became Red Lantern again? Was it Jack? Jack. Okay. So apparently, without Jack, this guy went to like college frat boy hell. Like it, the house is a mess. It probably smells like a toilet. He his I don't know, he has bandages on his foot. I, I guess that's bad. Maybe he's maybe he's diabetic now. I don't know. But <clears throat> Jack's like, oh my god. My brother, what happened to him? And they immediately crashes through the wall like a wrecking ball and saying, Don't be afraid of me! <laughs> and Blizz is just outside laughing. Because this... Like, the, his brother, like, barely speaks coherently. He's like, What happened to you? You shouldn't have left me. This is a nightmare. You're a nightmare. I hate you. I hate everything. And, you know, credit where credit's due. Jack is actually getting legitimately pissed off at all this. He's going kind of in the full-on Red Lantern mode, which... It's kind of the point of the trip. Um, he gets so pissed off, again, he forms this giant, creepy monster construct just instinctively, which, you know, we'll see if that turns into something later. Meanwhile, in the most random of random scenes, Rage Kitty kind of broke off from the pack and flew to this random space station prison where... He found some guy. I don't think this is even really Midnighter. He found some guy it's that, not. It's that not Midnighter. just looks cor- sort of like Midnighter because he has a chin spike. Yeah. And then just the chin spike. and then just like slaughters him. Like I don't. How did he find this guy? <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. He's yelling revenge and then slaughters this guy for no reason. Cut back to Earth. <laughs> and Rancor, Jack. Frank, whatever. He, he like, <laughs> he lands, he found the, the jerk that killed his grandfather and is about to eviscerate him. Except he turns around and there's the cop, like one of the cops that was on the scene when he first got his ring. The one, the one who he was ac- being, the one that was being a dick. Yeah, the one who he accidentally, like, vomited napalm all over his face and he's like, it's you! No, it's not you! I already got a billion skin grafts! They're still not done! He looks awful. And Rancor's like, oh my, oh shit. You know, I came to get my vengeance, but maybe maybe you deserve vengeance instead of me. Like, it basically sounds like he's going to, like, give this guy the chance to, like, take revenge and kill him, kind of thing. Then Blee shows up, picks up the, <laughs> the murderer by the face, 
and said, look, I really don't like this place. Kill him, all right? Can we, then we can go. We, we can go, we can go. <clears throat> Cut back to Yasmalt, and Ratchet is kind of, he's, he's kind of all... Uh, he, he's, he's, he's trying to figure out why the red central power battery isn't powering up as fast as it should, and he thinks it has something to do with the this <clears throat> this weird fog that's all over the surface of the planet for some reason. And below the battery, the inversions, who I assume are feeding on the battery, are like, haha, that jerk, he's stupid. <laughs> Meanwhile, <laughs> uh, Atrocitus... Atrocitus is still, for some stupid reason, he's still standing there talking to himself and these Manhunters, and they're starting to be like, no man escapes the Manhunters, he's like, stop it. You're under my control, blah de blah de blah And then they all just point at him, and they're like, no man escapes the Manhunters. He's like, oh, what? And they fire on him. Like, all of them. Like, eight bajillion Manhunters fire on him at once supposedly killing him probably not really and scene you know what would have made that last splash page better while shooting on uh, atrocities what is if instead of no man escapes the man hunters they all said shut up <laughs> <laughs> just because we're robots doesn't mean you can torture us with your horrible monologues yeah i mean that was they, I'll give him credit. I that was the last page I didn't really see coming. I mean, obviously he's not dead, but it was kind of like I turned the page and I was like, oh, well, wow. Can, can someone answer me why the Manhunters have skeleton faces, as if they've been deteriorating over years into their <laughs> skeleton faces? Yeah, the skeleton faces have finally been revealed. I now, that, now that the uh, the metal faces have. Um dissolved over time due to the microorganisms in the soil. Oh, of course. Yeah, I have no idea. I I really like how they look, though. Uh, the bottom line is it doesn't matter. Uh, that Giving <laughs> that an explanation would make sense, and this is Red Lanterns. You know what, though? I feel like in this arc here, we're getting like kind of like a better version of what we got a year ago. Or like, like, like. Remember, remember when they would cross, they would go to Earth and cross over with people for no goddamn reason at all. Yeah. Well, this time, like, like Atrocitus, like, I completely buy every move Atrocitus made in this these three issues because it's like he knows how weak their core is, so he needs everybody to to do their part and be ready, and he has this one potentially really useful guy in Rancor, this is the only one of these idiots that can figure out how to use his ring for something beyond shooting. So he's like, alright, we need you, but we need your head in the game, and you're the only one around here who hasn't done, like, the typical Red Lantern initiation thing of, like, taking vengeance on that initial insider, or whatever you want to call him. So it's like, it makes sense to me. Like, he would tell him, well, you know what, go back to Earth, do this stuff and it makes sense to me too that like like the whole like like if you told me out of context that atrocis was going to try and recruit an army of manhunters to do something i would say that was stupid 
But like, ba- again, based on his own observations of fighting the Third Army, he's like, you know what? This would be the most <laughs> run- actually one of the most reasonably tactical moves if you're going to go to war with them is to bring along soldiers that they can't convert. It, yeah, I, I would say that issue thirteen, issue thirteen was decent. You know, that was a pretty good issue actually, because um, it's it's almost just like. You know, uh, Red Lanterns, you know, was the Tales of the Red Lanterns, you know, again. Um, and, and, you know, with with 14 and 15, it's just like they had interesting things in them. And if you, if you tell this, like, if you're telling somebody the story, you know, or going through it quickly, then, ah, oh, God. <laughs> I don't know. It's like it's not that bad, but then you hit these other aspects of it that are just like so like mind-numbingly bad. It's just hysterical. <laughs> you know, like where? Why the hell is there blood screens coming out of the blood ocean? Yeah. I mean, that's not even the worst one because I mean, like I could just let that fly. But like the remnant of the Third Army bonds with a rat. And, like, I didn't get that until, like, the third time I read the book, which is just, like, torture enough. You read this three times? Well, like, I go through the first time, and I, like, I basically, I skim it, and I take in, you know, the story visually and read some panels here and there. Didn't get it then. Then I read it the first time, and, you know, the, the, the second time, you know, fully through. And then the third time, I, you know, I read it again just to refresh quickly. But, uh... Don't you think that a rat that lives on your smalt should be, like, one of the most terrifying animals in the universe? I mean, like, it's supposed to be, like, a completely dead planet. Yeah, but, like, this should be, like, like a freaking, like, a dog from Apocalypse, you know? It's like a rat from your smalt. Jesus Christ. But, I mean, like, I don't know, like, there's just, there's certain things, like, like what you said, as far as sending the different Red Lanterns off... To collect different types of blood, it's like, what? What's the point of that? And then you know you're you're in like, on war against these things that are trying to destroy you, and you take your most valuable person, who was doing a pretty damn good job, you know, without having killed his his tormentor, and you send them all the way to Earth to kill the guy, not knowing what that's actually going to be able to do to his powers. Like, if he becomes a full-on Red Lantern, then who knows if he's going to have the same kind of concentration to be able to actually make constructs. So he could be sending his most important Lantern off to lose what makes him important. And then, like, on top of that, like, how the the whole thing is like, yes, you know, because since we're Red Lanterns, you know, our hearts explode, you know. His heart never exploded. So... Mm -hmm. How would he even know that? Like, they basically, they established in the comic that his heart didn't explode. And that's, again, why he's able to make the constructs. Because he's still able to, you know, and why he's such a good Red Lantern is that he's able to keep his rage in check enough to be able to use willpower to create constructs. I think the the rationale is just like, yeah, he's he's one of their useful people, but he's also really gun-shy. Like, Atrocitus had to literally force him to kill 
the third army dudes when they were fighting and that's not like that's something that can negate his usefulness if they have to, if they go to war with a big group of these things but again <laughs> but if if he kills and he loses what makes him powerful then you completely negate his usefulness yeah well we don't know what would happen like he had a completely different starting point than from all these guys and plus this is the only way Atrocitus really knows to bring Red Lanterns fully into the fold. So, you know, you're going to go with what you think your strength is. Uh, oh, I, I didn't mention it before. Best line in these three issues. Uh, after, Atrocitus says, after Atrocitus says, We need a synthetic army who won't be prey to our enemy's hunger. Zillia Zox says, Nice idea. Where's the nearest synthetic army store? <laughs> no, no, no. The best line was in 15. Why the long face? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Oh, what? oh, which they completely annihilated by then following up with a line, which also you have a long... No. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, by issue 15, their power battery actually looks like a power battery again. Yes, how happy were you? I, I, there were no words. <laughs> it's like, it's like all of a sudden, like somebody started like actually looking at the art and said, whoa, got to change that. The thing where Atrocitus is in the blood ocean. Yes. Like that awful, awful thing that he recites. I shall boil this, this thing to its very quiddity. What does that what is, mean? I, is that even a word? I'm checking now. <laughs> While you're checking that, what did you guys think of the art in these three? I didn't like it, but then again, I haven't liked the art for a long time. I mean, I think, except I for the zero issue. Mm. I, I think it fits the book. Yeah, like like that shot of a atro- There are a lot of really good atrocitous shots in these issues. Like the like the the panel of him in the blood ocean at first. Like, just the way it's lit and the way they play it off with, like, you can see, like, like blood branching out over all the deep black areas and, like, the way they light his face and, like, that one bottom panel where he uh, first takes control of the Manhunters where he's got, like, the his both fists are, like, framing his face with, like, erupting with power. Like, it, there's so many, like, good images of monstrous atrocities in every issue. Oh, and I love that opening page of 14 where he's tearing guys apart and Rancor's kind of kind of doing a Kyle Rayner move in front of him like he's got like this like mech harness where he's like he's like Iron Man blasting people um I do I do think like Something this book does that I wish they would stop doing is going super computer-generated with Rancor's constructs. Because when he does that move where he, like, wraps wraps uh, one of those things up in chains, it looks really, really... It's like... it's They just have, like, the skeleton of chains, and it's it's too much detail to be just interwoven framework around another fully drawn thing so that it gets really confusing and just doesn't look right. <clears throat> I see what you're saying. Yeah. 
Um, okay, one of one of my issues with this book post zero issue is that now, like since they gave like basically a background to Atrocitus and the inversions, like <laughs> Milligan just takes like every option, you know, every chance that he can get to have Atrocitus be like calling on, you know. Uh, Quill and, you know, Roxame or stuff like... It's like, you know, as you know, he basically, in in within two panels, with the blood magic that was taught to me eons ago by the demon, demon inversions, Quill and Roxame, and then later, the same page, as foul Roxame seduced me, so shall I seduce these hideous remains and force them to reveal to me. And... Well, first off, he was the one that seduced her, or it, or whatever that thing was. Um, so, I mean, it's like, I don't know, like, the, 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 the wording, the dialogue in, in these books, that, and that's really what it is, it's the dialogue. I mean, I could probably get past a lot of the absolute, you know, idiocy and redundancy <laughs> But the dialogue is just like, oh man. Yeah, yeah, and that's like that's probably one of my bigger, bigger uh, minuses about these issues is still like there's a lot of the dialogue for everybody, not just Atrocitus, isn't quite where it could be. Like, like every now and then they'll give Lee's kind of like a quippy line that's a little too ordinary, I'll say. Like, there's there's not enough... I'll say there's not enough personality to what they're saying a lot of the time. Uh, what do you guys think about... And Chad, you've been quiet. What do you think about Atrocitus being played up more as, like... I'll say more as a tactician instead of just, like, blindly trying to mow down everything in sight. I've been quiet because if you have nothing nice to say, <laughs> don't say anything at all. <laughs> there's nothing. This th- this book is so rife with continuity errors in its own title that it just upsets me. Like Jim was saying with uh, the uh, just for as one example of of <laughs> Atrocitus is the one who seduced her, not the other way around. Yeah. That was only like a few issues ago. My God. <laughs> but the tactician thing, yeah, that's cool. He's taking a more of a leadership role. At least he's not, uh, you know, reciting poetry. Oh wait. Um, so it's it's. I don't think there's a single thing <laughs> short of changing the creative team that could make me like Red Lanterns again. Uh, yeah, it's it's the way the way Green Lantern has to earn you know earn my respect back. This is so far gone that I don't think it can happen. <laughs> yeah, but Chad, you know, you know that that amazing, you know, first issue, the first two or three issues where Atrocitus was just like, you know, lamenting how you know this enemy of his, which was almost like a lover, had been <laughs> taken. You know how you remember how amazing that was. Well, now you get to read it again as he laments about his homeworld riot. This this is not the home I remember. This was a busy place. Highways intersected at this very spot. There was a town right here. It had a 
a reputation for confrontational music and insalubrious nightlife. What the hell does insalubrious mean? Don't you want to read that from a Red Lantern comic? I sure don't. I, w- I would like to learn about the nature. Honestly, like if we were to, if if we were to have a subject one day about what the direction of of Red Lanterns should be, if it were to continue on, <laughs> there I don't think I'd keep any elements from this book other than Rancor, because I think Rancor is <laughs> like is like uh, the razor of the actual series. Yeah. Oh, Chad, I wanted to ask you, um, what do you think about? How- I know you don't like the art. But what do you like? How do you feel about how they've been, <clears throat> how they've been drawing the energy on Rancor in these last couple issues? Because they're they're giving him less of a firestorm head and more of like regular hair that just has kind of energy off coming off like the top half of his body kind of thing. Yeah, I noticed that. It doesn't bother me that much, but I I, I noticed it and, and went, yeah. I wish they'd just do the more firestorm thing because. To me, the, uh, the 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 firestorm thing wasn't necessarily liking it because it looked like firestorm. It was just kind of if you're gonna be standing and you feel immense amounts of rage. I don't know about you guys, but I always kind of you know, per, if, if if like if I were to have some sort of energy, what would it be doing at that moment? You know, like if I wanted to be pissed off and I'm just standing there, I'd probably have my fist clenched, and I'd probably just be stewing and staring really hard at something. And if I were to have some sort of energy, I'm sure it would just be shooting up, straight up off of me, <laughs> you know, just like like a roaring fire. That's what I liked about Rancor's energy, the way it was drawn. It's okay. like this dude is pissed off, and it's just kind of blowing up off of him, straight up in the air. Okay, I remembered wrong then, because I thought you didn't like... I, I thought I remembered you not liking him looking like Firestorm. No, I do. <clears throat> all right. Now all I can picture is you powering up like a Dragon Ball Z character. Hadouken! <laughs> <laughs> uh, multi-level references. Yeah. Uh, I I will say I miss the days where Rage Kitty would communicate in broken sentences through the voice of the ring. <laughs> And not just stroll up and say, hey guys, what's up? What's shaking? <laughs> I've heard of Earth. I'm from there. That's why I can talk like a dude. <laughs> oh my god. I wish this book would just explore the nature of rage. But isn't it what it did in its first no. year? No. You know, I gotta say, <laughs> for all like the the crap, and I agree with basically everything you guys have said, I still, like, these three issues, I, you're gonna think I'm fucking insane. This is, like, just below a buy for me, these three. No. <laughs> these were, I ha- these were good. I and, agree. like, maybe I it's agree. just, and maybe it's just, like, like, it's been so bad before that this is, this might look better, but, like, I don't know, like, like, all of the things, like, except for, like, the handful of things we've talked about, like, up to this point, like, I was I enjoyed these three. Like I like I really like I suggested how we break up the series for these two episodes, and I literally had in my head like, okay, let's do one good, one bad. 
And I put Red Lantern, without even reading it yet, I put Red Lanterns in here as being the one that's probably bad. And I I, I liked it. <laughs> it's still like, it, I, I didn't like it enough that I can, I can in good conscience call it a buy, but it was close. See, the reason I hate these probably more than um, the average person is because I thought with number zero, I was like, you know, I like this. You know, it, it maybe it can come back. And then it was right back to shit. <laughs> so they teased me and then gave me their crap again. And I was, you know what, forget it. Like this well, book, this book would have been dropped a long time ago. Oh, God, yeah. And, you know, maybe there's hope for you for when, um... Because I have to imagine the next storyline they're going to do is going is going to deal with the inversions coming back. So hope yes. maybe there'll be some stuff with that. That that, that I, I said it when we first when we first saw the inversions. That's the only thing I'm even interested in right now is inversions. That's it. Yeah. Which is funny because I'm like not interested in them at all. And that surprises the shit out of me because I thought out of all the things in this stupid book you would have latched on to that like nobody's business. Just yeah, because problem, you're you. You're yeah, you, but, Jim. But you're listen, you. You're you. Yeah, but we're we're not going to be getting... <laughs> we're not getting the inversions. We're getting Milligan inversions. Aw. Milligan, you, Milligan versions. <laughs> you like the Milliversions back in issue zero, though. I thought that they were interesting in the role that they played for Atrocitus's origin, hmm. um, I, I'm very hesitant. Like you said, though, I, comparatively speaking, compared to what we have been receiving from Red Lanterns, these these three issues were not that bad, hmm. and yeah, like the dialogue is pretty much always awful. Atrocitus spends way too much waxing poetical. And like Chad said, the yeah the continuity errors, you know, in even among things like the, the book has been going for just over a year. It's been going for just over a year, and they can't even get right the fact that you know Rancor's heart is still beating, or what a power battery looks like, or yeah. you know, just the little things. So, have I told you guys I'm not dropping this book anymore? I'm not. Yeah. No. Like I, I decided like a few months ago at this point. I don't even know how long it was. A month or two ago, I had this revelation that I hate this series so much <clears throat> I couldn't stand to support it or talk about it ever again. So I decided I was going to just like stop reading it. But then like. A few days ago, I was like, you know, can't do a stupid Green Lantern podcast and not read all the books. I'll keep going with it. And then I read these three, and I'm like, well, shit, maybe it's good now. (laughs) (laughs) It probably isn't, but yeah, you should read it anyway. Yeah, yeah, I guess. I just, I just, I'm just not going to comment on the book anymore unless I find something particularly good. Or something you guys, something awful that you guys didn't point out yourselves, <laughs> because I, it, other shows that shall not be named uh, got a real bad rap for being negative all the time, and I don't want to do that. So I'm just gonna, 
only speak up when either it's something you guys didn't point out yourselves or it's something positive that I was a little giddy to see. <laughs> Don't talk about fire and water like that. Those guys are nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I will say, the big. I think the biggest crime of issue 13 is we got an awesome Evan Hayes cover, but Rage Kitty's head got cut off <laughs> by the stupid barcode and credits. Yeah, I don't know. I would put these at, like, pro- probably in a borrow, borrow range. Hi, borrow. Borrow with cheese. Um, the, yeah, the one thing that I will say is that the, the Third Army stuff, like, in this, like, this is the only title where it doesn't feel irritating and obtrusive. Yeah, and it still feels kind of small. I like it. Yeah, yeah, no, it, it's, and it, it, you're, like you said, it's very small. It's like, <laughs> it's something that's also going on, but, yeah, no, uh... You know it, what I think? much better than this. You know what I think? I had this thought while we were talking, and this is probably stupid, but... This book kind of kind of reminds me a little bit of like original series Star Trek and I can hear John like crushing whatever he's holding in his hand right now <laughs> because like like it feels like like you've got like your 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 really because the red it's a book about the Red Lantern Corps but really it focuses on you know the captain and his like small group of characters like his small like like three or four supporting characters and every now and then they'll pull in one random person just to kill them off so it's like if and they're going to like weird planets and interacting with aliens and stuff so like i got i got i got like kind of like star trek away team kind of vibe from some of this so yeah there you go i'm i'm think i'm gonna get off the phone with you guys right now and read new guardians and green lantern core <laughs> no i'm i'm excited now don't get me started on new guardians that's oh, for another podcast save it for next week yeah or whenever you get internet back because you're moving because you're doing yes. a gym impression yeah i should probably at least say something about that i may or may not be on the podcast for a little bit because i am moving into my first part apartment by myself um it's a, I've, I've had an apartment before, but it was with a girlfriend, an ex-girlfriend of mine. So uh, this will be my first place by myself. Uh, and even though my I don't pay rent uh, for the first time until March, uh, I'm not quite sure. You know, just with buying things that are necessary for a place and so on and everything, so on and so forth, when I'll be able to purchase uh, Wi-Fi. So, you know, uh, I could, I, I could or could not be on the podcast. Either way, I'll. May at least make my thoughts known via email. So, yeah. So, uh, so party at Chad's place, everybody. We have yeah. listeners in Texas that can show up. <laughs> Raise your fridge. It'll be great. I do. I do live in a bad part of town, though. So, oh, thank God. <laughs> you're, which, you're, you're moving down in the world. <laughs> which is which is fine with me because the rent's cheaper and I don't have a woman living with me, so I don't have to worry about you know somebody else getting hurt. You know, I'm a bigger guy. I can take care of myself. But otherwise, I would I wouldn't live there. <laughs> yeah. So well, next this... episode, next episode is what? Uh, New Guardians and uh, Green Lantern Corps. Yep. Cool. Maybe. 
<laughs> you mean maybe? Well, I mean, if Chad's not going to be around. Oh, wait a uh, second. He planned that. He what? planned that so that he didn't have to be around to talk about those. No, I think I planned it. Yeah, he did. I think Chad decided to move after he saw my plan. <laughs> or, or I just went ahead and quietly hung back and let Jim do the review for Green Lantern. You do the review for Red Lanterns. I get to comment, and I may or may not be on the next episode, so I don't have to review any of these. Ah, <laughs> oh, you son of a bitch. So everybody uh, wins. Oh, uh, funny. Oh. So what's this big, shocking, grand announcement you have, Jim Ford? Oh, yeah, that. Oh, Forgot already. That's not for the listeners. Oh. No. Gonna... Oh, all right. Uh. <laughs> you guys don't get anything. Oh, do you want? Guys. Do you want to tell them about the uh, the tenth thing? Yeah, the tenth thing. Um, once we go down the list of ten things that we have to say and swear to God, the ninth thing. I get to the tenth thing. Now, two years ago, we had a contest for <laughs> designing the tenth four. <laughs> you suck so much. Two I years suck. ago. <laughs> Listen. Now, now, le- now, less than a month doesn't seem that bad, does it, Jim Ford? <laughs> uh, no. Oh, God, go keep going, keep going. Just tell them, tell them about the tenth thing. Just tell them, about the t- tell them about the tenth. Okay, so two years ago, we had a contest to design the tenth core. Basically, uh, what color you would pick, what design you would pick, and uh, what lo- what a uh, power they would be representing uh, what emotion and the winner was Rachel Langford. She came up with the power of lust. It was the burgundy core with the symbol of the bitten apple. And um, the prize was to be a, you know, a, a ring actually produced so that you would win a ring for the, the core that you want. Uh, at the time though, the person that we had, uh, you know, basically, on tap to design this ring backed out and then we didn't have anybody to design the ring. So basically I've been for the past two years working closer and closer to making the ring a reality because, you know, it, we would promise somebody a ring and I wanted to make good on that. And, uh, with the help of, uh, uh Ryan, um, Merlin's Android on the forums, uh, he helped me out with uh, some of the digital stuff also. Major help, actually. Uh, I was finally able to uh, get the the file completely ready, and it's it's now actually up for, you know, available for ordering on the, the forums. Um, I think by the time this goes up, the first batch is probably going to be uh, closed off, but... It, it will be available after that. Um, maybe not the same way, but it will be available. But, uh, yeah, so the ring is going to happen. It's going to exist. And um, there's going to be more rings after that. Um, different designs. Mm-hmm. Um, not going to say what they are exactly right now, but it's going to be fun stuff. It's going to be some, some cool things to look forward to. The best place to find all this stuff out is either the the forum. The forum's going to have all the information first, and after that, we post it on the Facebook page too. So as long as you're checking one of those, 
then you'll get a heads up anytime these rings uh, are put up for order. Um, the the tenth core ring is kind of have like um has a, a much shorter window for ordering just because like I want to get my hands on it and you know be able to paint it and see what it's like being you know a three D printed ring, see you know how much cleanup it needs and stuff like that before you know before we do any more after that but um yeah no it's 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 cool stuff for for the lantern cast so yeah <clears throat> nice so yeah two years but i mean it's not like it's not like it was all my fault that it took two years but i am making good on it you know and i imagine it'll be marginally worth the wait i think i think rachel will be happy <laughs> oh yeah well probably John, too, because you'll have another ring to add to his collection. Exactly. It's the yeah. same shape and style as the Blackest Night rings, uh, just with a closed back. Although I'm looking into possibly opening that up so it matches perfectly. Are these available in different sizes, or is it just, like, the one? Right now, it is just available in the one size that, you know, the one size of the other Blackest Night rings. Oh. Although future rings I might be able to resize. In fact, I almost certainly will be able to. Nice. So. Alright. Do we have anything else? I don't think so. James is uh, my, my, my son, not the producer. Uh, James is now he's able to turn over onto his stomach. No, I think I think our producer can do that too. <laughs> he's eating cereal now and uh, he's laughing. <laughs> Awesome. I'm pretty sure our producer can do all that stuff, too. But. Yeah, but can you do them at the same time like your son can? <laughs> it's just more impressive because he's a baby. Aw. So, that's it. Well, speaking of babies, you can contact us at lanterncast at gmail.com or find us at lanterncast.com where you have all of our episodes and all of our contact information, like our voicemail number, which is 704. Eight Lantern. Yes. Yes. <clears throat> We're on Facebook and Twitter. Our forums at lanterncast.com as well. Should have said that earlier. Um, yeah, and find us there. Find us on iTunes. R- write a review. Give some stars. All that great stuff. Mm-hmm. We're on Stitcher. Stitcher. We are on Stitcher. Make us one with your automotive device. <laughs> There you go. Is that their is that their their catchphrase? Is that what Stitcher says? It should be. <laughs> if it isn't, it should be. <laughs> Remember everybody, go check out those forums. Yep. Alright, so good night. Good night. Good night. Good night.